Well, turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12, we're continuing, of course, our study of the end time events. We're seeing that time period, which is called the tribulation. It's seven years long. It's a period of suffering and judgment upon the earth. And this is a vision that John, John, who's the, the apostle John, was on the island of Patmos, and he got this revelation from God, and he wrote it down to the seven churches, and then, of course, we have it in the scripture. And he gives, uh, in this book, there's some details, I mean, real details about the, the end times, and then there's some things that are not so detailed. Well, as we look at Revelation chapters 12 and 13, which we're going to be touching on this morning, we're seeing the persecution of the nation of Israel. And we're going to see the, what we call the Antichrist. He's called the beast that comes up out of the sea. He's the Antichrist. He has rise to power. He comes to persecute the world, but in particular, the Jewish people. And what he does is he claims to be God. He demands to be worshipped as God. He requires the mark of 666 from his followers, the mark of the beast, as they call it. And he persecutes anyone and those who follow Jesus Christ. So today we're going to start seeing that. We'll see some more. We'll review just a little bit back in chapter 12, and then we'll start about verse 13 of chapter 12, and then go on into a little bit of chapter 13. So there's a good bit there, and hopefully we can put it together. Well, let me start with this. Can you guess who spoke the following words? The streets of our country are in turmoil. The universities are filled with students rebelling and rioting. Communists are seeking to destroy our country. We need a law and order, because without law and order, our nation cannot survive. Who was that? Was that one of the U.S. senators, a mayor of a city? Who was that? It was Adolf Hitler. See, dictators don't always take over nations by force. The nation of Germany once praised Hitler as its savior, until it realized his true self. In the future, there's going to come a man of sin who's going to come to power. And at first, many will say, he's our savior. He's the one that's coming. He's the one that's going to give us peace. He's the one that's going to help us. And then he'll have a 10-king federation. Now the 10 kings will three in. Now the three will come one. He will be the world power. And he's going to be known as the world leader. And yet he then claims that he's God. And that he persecutes the rest of the world and persecutes the, the Jewish people. This is the Antichrist. So this morning, we're going to see the man of sin comes to power. Uh, he persecutes the believers. He starts, basically, he persecutes the, ch the church first, really goes after the church, and then he persecutes anyone who has believed in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm sorry. He persecutes the nation of Israel. I said church. I meant the nation of Israel. He goes after them, and then anyone who has believed in Christ after that, whether they're Jewish or not, it's going to be a great persecution, a great thing. Let me give you, let me remind you of sort of where all this is. First of all, this is when Jesus came and died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, and sent into heaven. Uh, Ten days after uh, he sent into heaven, the church began. We're in the church age. Any time now, any second, Jesus Christ could come in the clouds. There's nothing to be fulfilled for Jesus to come. He'll come. It says the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him to meet the Lord in the air. We call that the rapture will be taken off the face of the earth. Sometime after that, possibly the Ten King Federation could be formed before we leave, but there'll be a Ten King Federation. Then this man of sin will come to power. He will make a peace pact with the nation of Israel. When he does that, that starts the tribulation. The rapture does not begin the tribulation. The peace pact with the nation of Israel begins the tribulation. It goes for seven years, halfway mark. Uh, we always say the first three and a half years, last three and a half years, halfway mark. Puts his idol up in the temple and claims to be God. We're going to see all that today. Then at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ comes back 
back. The nation of Israel turns to God. They call out to God. He will come to deliver them. He comes as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, sets up a kingdom that will go for a thousand years. We'll be with him there. All of us who have believed in Christ will be taken off this earth and will come back with him. And then there's a thing called great white throne judgment. We'll talk about that sometime and then on into eternity. So that's where we are. Then when you look in the book of Revelation, this is how the book breaks down. In chapter 1, they told John, write the things you have seen. That was Jesus. Then the things that are, he is writing to about the seven, to the seven churches. And then beginning uh, chapter 4, all the way the rest, that's the things that will be. 4 and 5, he goes up to heaven. 6 through 19 is the tribulation time period. We happen to be in chapters 12 and 13. So this is we're right in the middle of all of this. And this is the tribulation time period. There's a seven seal judgment, a seven trumpet judgment, a seven bowl judgment. We're seeing all of that. At the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ comes back as we drew it up on that other chart. He comes back and sets up a kingdom. That's chapter 20 of Revelation. And then there's a great white throne judgment. And then chapters 21 and 22 give us the, the end time, basically the, the eternal state. This is what we have been seeing. This is the seven-year time period. It's divided into two parts. Uh, Antichrist makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel, the founder of Daniel 9, 27, where he makes that peace pact. And so then that's at the start. We know that in the first three and a half years, there is... There's peace, then war, then famine, and then death. We feel like in the first half of the three and a half years, there's 144,000 Jews. That's Revelation chapter 7. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes are picked to, basically, they're raised up. They believe in Jesus Christ, and they go out and proclaim his name. Halfway through, the covenant is broken. Matthew, Jesus talks about it. He says, the abomination, desolation, which was spoken by Daniel. Antichrist goes into the temple in Jerusalem, puts his idol up, claims to be God, demands to be worshipped. The whole last last part of the three and a half years, he persecutes the nation of Israel and anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. We've already seen that the seven trumpets judgments and probably the seven bowl judgments, they all fit in this last three and a half years. So the seven seal judgments end with the coming of Jesus Christ. The seven trumpet judgments end with the coming of Jesus Christ. The seven bowl judgments end with the coming of Jesus Christ. So it all ties together and Jesus comes as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And of course, that's when he comes to set up the kingdom. And so that's, that's kind of the big flow. I just wanted you to get that. A lot of people, maybe some haven't been coming or just now started coming and they just want to get the flow of the book. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Chapters 12 and 13 are an interlude. We've already seen six, uh, seven seal judgments and we've already seen the seven trumpet judgments. They all fit together. And he stops, and he begins to give us more information in chapters 12 and 13. We call them an interlude. He's talked about judgments and visions and all those kind of things. We saw last time seven key people. We called them seven key people. They're listed in, as they flow in this. And the woman is Israel. The one called the child is actually Jesus Christ. The one called the dragon is Satan. The one Michael is the archangel. The remnant is the nation of Israel. The beast is the Antichrist. And another beast is the false prophet. Those seven seven people or seven things are mentioned. We saw them beginning in chapter 12. We'll see them in chapter 13 as well. And they all fit together. The woman gives birth to the child who is the Christ. So the Jesus Christ comes through the Jewish people. The dragon wants to kill Jesus. He always has. Satan always wants to stop Jesus. And then we'll see the rest of it as we go through it. Here's the outline for those two chapters. Basically, the war on earth, war in heaven, war on earth. Then we see the Antichrist. We meet the false prophet. And then the 
mark of the beast. We'll see some of that today, not every bit of it, but we'll see how it fits together. If you want to, go back. We're in chapter 13, uh, uh, excuse me, chapter 12. Go back to verse 5, okay? Chapter 12, verse 5. Look what we see. And it's talking about Israel. It's talking about the woman. She represents Israel. And it says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child. That male child is Jesus Christ. It's given a big overview of how through the nation of Israel came the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He is the one who will rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's a picture of Psalm 2 of Jesus ruling. And then it says, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So in verse 5, he doesn't give any details at all. He says, Jesus was born and then went back to the Father. He doesn't give any of the details. He's, that's not his, his plan. His plan is to show that after Jesus is gone, this, this Antichrist guy is going to go after the believers and he's going to go after the nation of Israel. Look at, let me put it there, look, uh, look at verse 6. The woman, this is the nation of Israel, fled into the wilderness where she had a per place prepared by God. Now, she's running for her lives. Now, this is in the tribulation. The Antichrist is going to go after the Jewish people. That Many of them are already believing in Jesus Christ. 144,000 have already believed. Many more have believed. The nation of Israel is believing in the Messiah, and they're running for their life. They're not believing in this man, and he's persecuting them. And notice it says, then the woman fled into the wilderness. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Where she had a place prepared by God. God has a place prepared for the nation of Israel. So that they would, she would be nourished for how long? 1,260 days. One whoops, let me go back. 1,260 days is the same as three and a half years. It's the same as 42 months. And what we find that that last half of the tribulation is when the Antichrist goes after the nation of Israel. And notice in ver verse 6, it talks about that. Verse 7, this is something you're interested in. We talked about it last week. I will just touch on it. Verse 7, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels waged war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough. In heaven, Michael, the archangel, battles Satan. Satan has the right to go into the, thro to the throne of God. God has allowed him to come there. Halfway through, now we believe this is going to happen. Halfway through the tribulation, there is a battle between Michael, the archangel, and Satan, the dragon. And we're so glad Satan, uh, uh, Michael defeats Satan. They're not strong enough. There was no place left. And the great dragon who was thrown down, the serpent of old, the devil, he's cast out. And we're going to talk more about that. We believe that this is in the middle of the tribulation and that he's cast out. Notice verse 9. And the great dragon, just in case you wanted to say, who is this exactly? The great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan. He deceives the whole world. He's thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. That's it. He is cast out of heaven. We think that's halfway through. He is called the accuser of the brethren. He always accuses us. He accuses believers. And then I want you to look at verse 12, because this is the key, and then we'll get to where we ended. We, end, we ended in verse 12 last time. And he says, for this reason, rejoice, O heavens. Everybody in heaven, rejoice, you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth. Now, not the heavens, but the earth. Woe to the earth and the sea. Why? Because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing he has only a short time. We believe that this is when the Antichrist uh, is going to put his idol over the temple. When Satan is cast out of heaven by Michael, he comes down. We think this is when he probably possesses the man of sin. The man of sin says he's God, puts his idol up in the temple. They begin to persecute everybody. You got to have the mark of the beast. All of these things happen. We believe it happens right after Michael casts out Lucifer from there. It's just powerful. So let's go on. Let's keep going. Let's see what happens. 
judge. Look at verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the child. Now, when the dragon no longer has access to heaven, he's going to go after the nation of Israel. Why is that? Because Satan hates the Jewish people. Why? Well, because the Jewish people gave us two great things. They gave us the Word of God, and they gave us the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jewish. The Bible is a Jewish book, and we have that. He hates the Jewish people from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve on all the way up. To, he's, tried to, he's tried to destroy Jesus, and he's tried to destroy the Jewish people. If you go back to Egypt, they were going to wipe out the Jewish people. You go to the time of Esther, they're going to wipe out the Jewish people. If you go to Herod, when Jesus was born, he was going to wipe out all the little Jewish boys, two years old and under. If you go to modern-day times of Hitler, he wanted to wipe out the Jewish people. Satan has always hated the Jewish people and would love to destroy them, but he can't. And so it says the dragon, when he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the child. Halfway through tribulation, this happens. Look what happens in verse, uh, verse 14. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly in the wilderness to her place. Now watch, to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. Now, God is going to protect them. God is going to protect them, uh, at the nation of Israel. So when Antichrist says, I'm going to destroy every Jewish person, he puts his idol up in the temple, claiming to be God, he's going to kill them all. They're running for their lives. I'm going to tell you where they're going. There's a place we're going to see, we're going to see where they're going in just a minute. But they're going, and it says something amazing. It says, the two wings of the great evil were, eagle were given to the women so they could fly into the wilderness to her place so that she'd basically protect. What are the two wings? And we look at that and go, what do you mean? Well, look at this, Exodus 19.4. God is talking. He says, you yourselves see what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. We think this is God's way of saying, I'm going to protect the nation of Israel. I'm going to bring them out, and I'm going to take them to a place of protection. Look what he says there. To her place where she is nourished for a time and times, in half a time. Well, what is this place? Where is this? Well, if you look in the Bible in Daniel chapter 11, it says it will be in the mountains of Edom, Moab, and Ammon. Now, that's southern part of, of, of Jordan today. That's where it is. It's Jordan. And Matthew 24 says they'll go to a mountain. Isaiah 16 says it's a place called Selah or, Pet, or, Petra, or Petra. It means the rock. Well, where is this? Is this a real place? It is a real place. In fact, I've been there. And you've seen it. You may not realize you've seen it. If you've seen certain movies, you've seen it. This is, there's, there's a place in southern Jordan. You have, to get, you have to leave Amman, Jordan, and go on the King's Highway all the way to the south into a mountain range. And when you get into the mountain range, there's this place. And you get there, and you can go in between this mountain range. And as you go in, it is so narrow that possibly you and maybe two, you could go maybe with two or three people and go through, and maybe a donkey could go through. And you go all the way through, and then you come out, and you come out to a place that looks like this. And if you ever saw that uh, Indiana Jones movie about the Holy Grail or whatever it was called, Search for the Sub, that's the city. They filmed it in Petra. They filmed it right there. And that's what it's going to look like. And let me give you this picture. This is what it looks like. The nation of Israel is going to flee to this place in the tribulation. That's what it says. The place for them. Isaiah says it's called Petra. It's called Selah. And they're going to be there. Notice it says they will be nourished for a time and times 
and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. He can't get to them there. They're going to be protected there. Wow. So look at this. It says for a time, times, and a half a time. A time is one year. Times is two years. Half a time is a half a year. That's three and a half years. That's the same as 42 months. That's the same as 1,260 days. That's all the same. The last three and a half years, God is going to protect the Jewish people. And they are believing in Jesus. I want you to understand, the Jewish people are not just running. They're believing that Jesus is the Messiah. They are not following the Antichrist. They're not following the beast. They're not believing that he is the Messiah or the Savior or the Savior of the world. They're running for their lives. And if you remember, this is that second half. This is where we said that he puts his idol up in the temple and claims to be God. He's going after the Jewish people. And for the last three and a half years, they're running for their lives. And it says God saved, protects them for a time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. And so he's, he's saving them. He's protecting them. And look what it says in verse 15. And the serpent, now this is wild. This is weird. Look at this. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and drank up, drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. What? What does that, the serpent try to destroy? Now let me ask you something. Does that mean that somehow the devil put a whole bunch of water out and tried to flood and drown the Jewish people as they were running for their lives to get to Petra? And does it mean that when that happened, God somehow opened up the earth and all that water went down in the earth? That's a view. There's another view that just says, oh, it's just saying that Satan tried to get the Jewish people and God protected them. I personally hold to the first one. I personally believe that somehow that there's going to be a, like a flood trying to flood the Jewish people as they're trying to get to Petra and God will open it up and save them. That, but either way, God is going to protect his people. And look at the response. So the dragon was enraged with a woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children. That's anyone's that in there, he's going to try to go get them all. Who kept, who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. These are Jewish people who believe in Jesus for eternal life. These are believers. That's who they are. And so the devil is enraged. He's enraged, and he wants to get them. And you remember, there's 144,000 Jewish people already proclaiming the message. There's two witnesses proclaiming the message. There's many Jewish people believing. There's many Gentile people believing. There are really thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who believe in Jesus Christ during the tribulation, especially the second half. Wow. So now we move to another section as we move to chapter 13. I've got it right here. We're going to meet two human beings, both demon-possessed by Satan. They're going to be controlled by Satan and possessed by Satan. Who are these people? Well, one's in Revelation 13, 1, and the other's in Revelation 13, 11. Let's look at Revelation 13, 1. It says, And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. The dragon is the devil. Then I saw, John is writing, he says, I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. Now, later on in the, in the book of Revelation, the sea represents humanity. And he says, I saw a beast coming up out of the sea having ten horns, seven heads, and on his heads were ten diadems, that's crowns, and on his head were blasphemous names. He's saying terrible names. The blasphemous names are names about God. They're, they're saying bad things about God. And so he looks and he sees this beast coming up out of the sea, ten horns, seven heads, and there were crowns on them, and he's saying some bad things. Now that's the Antichrist. Look over at verse 11. I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. This one's coming out of the earth. The other one came out of the sea. And he had two horns like a lamb, 
and he spoke as a dragon. Now, when you see a lamb, the, two, the last time we've seen really a lamb is you go all the way back to the book of the very first of Revelation when Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, comes in and takes the, the seven sealed judgments. But this is not Jesus. This is, this is some beast out of the earth, and he has two horns like a lamb, but he speaks like who? As the dragon. He's, be, he's speaking like the devil. He, he is controlled by the devil, and he's, he and the, the, the uh, Antichrist are going to go together. Now, let's look back at chapter 13, verse 1 again. I saw this beast coming up out of the sea. The dragon stood on the seashore of the sand. Saw the beast coming up out of the sea. had ten horns, seven heads. On his horns were ten diadems, and his heads were blasphemous names. What is going on? The beast is coming up out of the sea, the mass of humanity. And what do we see? Seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. We've already seen this in the book of Revelation. I just want you to understand who this is. The seven heads of the seven Gentile world empires. You got, there's Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, uh, uh, Medo-Persia, the Greco-Macedonians, uh, and, and the Roman and the Roman Empire. And so there they are. And, and he, he said that's the seven Gentile world empires. And this is the revised Roman Empire. So you've got these empires that came, uh, it, Syrians, you know, basically Egypt, and then Assyria, then Babylon conquered them, then Medo-Persia, Greco-Macedonians, Romans. That's how, that's how they were. And that's the seven Gentile world empires. Now, let me remind you of something. If you hold your place, turn over to chapter 17. And look at verse 9. We want to make sure we understand who these, who these are and how they fit. 17.9 says, here, here is the mind in which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Well, what are they? And they are the seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and one is yet to come. So there's the seven. They said five have fallen, one, two, three, four, five. One is. See, when John wrote this, those five have already come and gone. Rome was there, and one is yet to come. So that is the seven Gentile world, world empires. That's what he's talked about. Now, what about the ten Horns. Notice verse 12 of chapter 17. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they received authority as kings with the beast for one hour. When the beast rises to power, when the Antichrist comes to power, there will be a ten king federation with him, and then he comes to power over all of them. And so that's what he says. Five have come, one is yet to come, and we call that the revised Roman Empire because the empire that it talked about that the Antichrist is going to rule is the revised Roman Empire. Daniel tells us about that in Daniel chapter 9, and so there's all that there. So go back to Revelation chapter 13. Let's go back to verse 2 and see what he's described as. When he sees this beast, it says, And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon, who? The devil, gave him his power and his throne and his authority. Look, who's, who's ruling all this? He is. Now, God lets this happen. God is the sovereign ruler of all things. He's allowed Satan to be the prince of the power of the air. He's allowed this. This man is demon-possessed. And he looks like all these beasts. It's very similar to the book of Daniel. If you've ever studied the book of Daniel, Daniel saw the nations coming and going, and he saw them as animals, and he saw how they fit together. Now, we're going to see something that is amazing in the next two verses. So get ready. Look what it says. Verse 3, I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, that's Satan, because he gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, that's the Antichrist, and said, who is like the beast who is able to wage war with the beast? Now, what happens is something 
looks like he's killed. Somehow, this Antichrist, when he comes to power, maybe after he puts his idol up at the temple, or maybe before he puts his idol up at the temple, he gets killed. Or it looks like he gets killed. It says he is as if... He is fatal. It says, uh, uh, I saw one of his heads as if he had been slain. And that the Greek word for slain means to actually be killed. And his fatal wound was healed. It says, uh, in fact, in Greek, it actually says, a violent death is what it says. He has a violent death. And then his fatal wound was healed. It was like he was, he was up. And the whole world amazed and followed after the beast. They said, why gracious, he died, but he came back. Does that sound familiar? See, Satan always wants to copy God. So he sends the Antichrist to what? Die and rise again, just like Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for sin. Now, apparently, he is killed and comes back from the dead. And this is why the world follows after him. Now, let's raise the question, did he, did he really die? Did it look like he died and everybody thought he died and he came back from the dead? Or did God raise him up? Because let me tell you something. The only one that can give life... God is the only one that gives life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the life giver. Satan can't give life. And so if God allowed him to die, God raised him from the dead. And whether he looked like he died or he actually died, we don't know, but everybody thinks he died. And I always put this up here. He didn't die like Jesus to pay for sin and conquer death. The whole earth is amazed. Look again at verse 3. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They're going to worship him. They worship the dragon. They worship the devil and his authority to the beast. And they worship the beast. And they said, who's like him? Who can, who can even handle him? And so what we realize is Satan has come down. The Antichrist is killed and comes back, filled with the power of Satan, and begins his reign as the Antichrist. Aren't you glad you're not there? Aren't you glad you're not part of any of this? Because you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And when Jesus comes any second, we could be taken off this earth. And then all these things happen while we're up with Jesus Christ. So just give you an idea. He, he claims to be God. He speaks blasphemies. Satan, look at this. In Daniel chapter 9, this happens at the three and a half year mark. So that's why we think it's the second half. Now look at verse 5. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for how long? 42 months. That's what? Three and a half years. So once he, once he so-called dies and comes back, once he puts his idol up in the temple, once he claims to be God, he's, he's saying horrible things, blasphemies and authority for 42 months. Well, listen, uh, we, we know all about that. Paul wrote about it. Look at this. Paul said, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come until the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness, there he is, is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above what? Every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat where? In the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That's what he does. He puts an idol up in the temple. Now, by the way, the idol, I think, is a robot. I think it's an AI. I think, I think it's a robot. It looks just like him. It talks like him. And the false prophet, who we're going to see more next week, tells everyone they must worship this image of the beast and worship the beast. And if they don't, they kill him. That's the plan. They kill him. Look at this in, in 2 Thessalonians. This is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity. That word activity has the idea of the workings of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders. He's coming and he fools all kind of people. Now he doesn't fool believers. 
Believers do not believe in him. They don't follow him. They don't take the mark of the beast. The Jewish believers are running for their lives. The, the Gentile believers are running for their lives, but the Jewish people have a certain place to go. Daniel says that he speaks against God. And if you notice at the end of the verse 5, he has authority for 42 months, which is the same as three and a half years, which is the same as 1,260 days, which is the same as a time times and half a times. The Bible puts it all together. Now, notice verse 6. He opens his mouth and blasphemies against God. He says terrible things about God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, all who dwell there. He makes war with the saints, verse 7, and overcomes them. He kills a lot of Christians. He kills a lot of believers who are running for their lives. And look at verse 8, which uh, is just, I mean, it's really an amazing statement. It says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation, uh, uh, been written of the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who had been slain. He's saying all those who are in the book of life are those who believe. He says believers won't take the mark of the beast, but people who aren't believers will take the mark of the beast. And so all those who are not believers will worship and follow him. You know, we've talked about the tribulation and the things like the seven trumpet judgments and things. They didn't make people believe in Jesus. Judgment didn't make people believe in Jesus. And, and there are going to be many who do, but not because of the judgment. And so when this Antichrist comes, he claims to be God. And he goes after and he's able to kill people. Wow. And look at this. I want you to see this and we'll see it more next week. But look at verses 16 through 18. And he, the Antichrist, causes all, all people the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. He provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So most say 666. Some manuscripts actually read 616, but most, most manuscripts read 666. That's why throughout history, everybody talks about the mark of the beast, 666, either here or here, and we don't know how it fits. Is it under the skin? Is it on the skin? Can you see it? If you're going to buy or sell anything, you have to have this mark. That means that's unbelievers take the mark of the beast, worship the beast so they can eat and they can survive on the earth. The believers don't take the mark of the beast. They run for their lives. And we're going to see more of that next time. The Antichrist comes to power, possessed by the devil, makes wars against the believers, claiming to be God and demanding to be worshiped. It's going to be the last three and a half years are going to be terrible. We've already seen the seven trumpet judgments. Let me just remind you of something. The seven seal judgments is an overview of the entire tribulation. We saw that back in chapter 6. Puts the whole tribulation together. The seven trumpet judgments deal with the last three and a half years. Then we're going to see the seven bold trumpet, uh, bold, bold judgments. We think that's at least the last three and a half and maybe less than the last three and a half. And they all fit together and they, and they all end with Jesus coming. It's Amazing. We're seeing a lot of stuff. We're seeing some of the stuff that you've heard of all your life about an antichrist and the mark of the beast and the persecution and the idol and the temple and all of these things. And, and these are all coming. So let me give you, let's give some 
some applications. Let's think about it. Let's realize that those connected with Jesus Christ will be persecuted. It's true. From the birth of Christ on, they tried to kill Jesus. They tried to kill those connected with him. He's going after the nation of Israel. He persecutes believers now, and he persecutes believers in the tribulation. Satan has always done that. That's been his plan. He would like to destroy every one of you. I mentioned this in the first service. Listen, he has a plan for unbelievers, and it's very simple. He doesn't care what they do as long as they never believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. He doesn't care if they go to church every Sunday. He doesn't care if they're religious as long as they never believe in Christ and get eternal life. Because there are many people in our churches every Sunday who have never believed in Christ. They think going to church or trying to be good or do something will save them. And he doesn't care. He says, that's fine with me. Now for you, as a believer, his goal is to keep you from serving. It's too late to stop you from having eternal life. But if he can somehow affect the world, which affects your flesh, if he can stop you from serving, if he can stop you from making an impact for Christ, if he can get you mad at somebody and you don't want to serve, you don't want to go to this anymore, if he can get you this way or this way, or if he can just get all the riches of this world and everything and you get all tied up into that, he doesn't care. As long as you don't serve, it's too late. It's too late because you're going to heaven. You got eternal life. But he wants to stop you from serving. And that's his plan. And just realize that if you stand for Jesus Christ right now, if you say, I'm going to live for Christ, I want to proclaim him in this world, and I'm going to live for him, you're going to be persecuted. They're going to come after you. Uh, Satan, the world, and the whole system, they're coming after you. Second Timothy says, all who live godly lives will be persecuted. The second thing is just realize, understand, that know that we are secure in Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, now let me just say this because a lot of people, you, sometimes you hear it, but you don't hear it. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you believe that he gives you eternal life, that exact moment you have eternal life. Eternal life is not something you get when you die. Eternal life happens the moment you believe. And so when you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, right then, you have eternal life and nothing can ever separate you from God no matter what, whether you live right or wrong. It doesn't matter that as far as salvation. Salvation is a gift. It's not based on you. And so from that exact moment, you can know that you are secure in Jesus Christ. I've had people come to me and say, I've been reading the book of Revelation and I'm all worried that maybe I'll be in that or maybe, maybe I, I was saved and now I may not be saved. I said, listen, if you've ever believed in Christ for eternal life, you have what? Eternal life, how long does that last? Forever. When does it start? The moment you believe. And you're saved and you're saved forever. So we need to know that. We need to realize that we are secure. The third thing, just to remind you, is let's rest in the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. God is working all things. When you look at this, it looks out of control. You say, there's the dragon. There's the antichrist. There's the beast that runs up out of the sea. There's the, 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 the false prophet. There's all these people getting killed. Uh, here's the mark of the beast. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Look, God's in control. God's working all things. When you looked at the seven trumpet judgments, that's from God. When you see the seven bold judgments, that's from God. God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. It's his sovereign plan. I want to remind you, remember, he died and rose again. He's seated right in the Father with the church. He's going to come get us. We're going to be taken out. There's going to be Antichrist makes a peace back. That's going to happen the first three and a half years, halfway through. Satan is kicked out of heaven. He comes down. There's the battle where, uh, between Michael and the archangel. I mean, Michael, the archangel, and Satan, and he comes down, and then I think he possesses, and Antichrist claims to be God, maybe gets killed and comes back, and claims to be God, and for the whole rest of the thing, persecuting the Jewish people, persecuting all Christians, he, they're running for their lives, all believers, and, and yet, he, he doesn't win. Listen, the great, great, great truth is God's working all things according to the counsel of his plan, and one of these days, after, in the tribulation, Jesus Christ is coming back, 
as the King of Kings. We're coming back with him. When we're raptured, we're up there with him. When he comes back, we come back with him, and we'll be on this earth for a thousand years, and then for all eternity, and we'll see more of that later.